Welcome back to Divided We Stand. I'm Victoria Lang, along with Joe Aguirre and Mike Gadiosi. Just like always, we have the coronavirus update. But this week, it's not just about the health effects of it. We're talking about people's finances and that kind of stuff. Um, people are having to choose between insulin or groceries, how reduced unemployment affects struggling Americans from California to Mississippi. Um, people are worried about how they're going to make ends meet now that the $600 federal unemployment benefit is cut off. Uh, Trump had some split with his GOP allies, and he softened his opposition to an extension of the $600 boost. He also says, we want a temporary extension of enhanced unemployment benefits. Um, he said that at the White House Thursday. He says that it'll provide a critical bridge for Americans who lost their jobs to the pandemic, um, and obviously, because that's nobody's fault of their own. And this is like the first thing in a while that I've actually agreed with Trump on. And I'm actually really glad that he's decided to extend this because so many people need it. And I don't know, it just seems like up until now, people didn't really, especially people in the higher up who aren't struggling financially, don't actually understand the gravity of how much people are benefiting from the unemployment and potentially another stimulus check especially when places like Connecticut are like open and I know people are working, but places like California and other places like that are completely still under quarantine. So for them not to be getting unemployment or anything, I find ridiculous. Mike, what do you think about that? Well, I'd have to actually somewhat agree with your point there, uh, Victoria. I, I'm all for the government helping when need be. I mean, I said this on the show before that I had to take government assistance at one time when I was in a bind. And this mm -hmm. is an emergency because obviously this pandemic is you know, global and it's hurt a lot of people economically. Uh, they've uh, lost their jobs because of the pandemic. Places had to close down. Uh, people need help, and I'm all for the government helping when people need it. Uh, I mean, the other thing I'm optimistically cautious of is, though, when you have people that feel that, well, I can collect unemployment for as long as I can and get that extra 600 bucks. why should I go back mm -hmm. to work when I can make more sitting at home? Uh, that I don't agree with. That I, I don't support. But when you have situations like this, this pandemic is affected Lots of people, pretty much all 50 states, right? We all agree with that, 50 states. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. And then people need this help if they need it. I support it, and I agree with Trump extending it. And I think uh, as long as people need help, I think we should be there to help them out. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I'll say this, too. Um, by the way, kudos to the Trump administration. Um, I know I shared this with you guys earlier in the week. They've spent $8 billion dollars on trials to try to get a vaccine so again you know while the president publicly will um downplay the virus or uh refer to it as a hoax or or in any way not take it serious it's clear the administration is they're making a lot of headway they've got a couple contracts out there's some very promising leads at this point so kudos for a, a job well done again the rhetoric is ridiculous it's unnecessary and it's not helpful but at the end of the day I think everybody recognizes a couple of things here. Number one, nobody likes the quarantine. I mean, nobody wants to be stuck doing this. Maybe some yeah. of us did at the beginning, maybe more than we needed to. But we're at a point now where I just think, like, we'd all like this to end. The only way we're going to do it is if we all wear masks, wash our hands, and cooperate. We, we bear through the shutdown, and we get to the other side, and, and hopefully things are better. But 
you know, for, for both parties, the idea that they couldn't come to a, like, 11th hour deal before they recessed for the weekend, yeah. I think tells you everything you need to know about both of these parties. At the end of the day, you know, it's politics as usual. Um, you know, it, it's funny watching Mark Meadows and Steve Mnuchin go back and forth with Nancy Pelosi. She's blaming them. They're blaming her. Just sit down, shut up, and get to work. Just work something out. It is not a time for politics, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. I mean, this should be a time where we all unite uh, and uh, help uh, help those in need in this country that have an actual need for this. I mean, politics should be put aside for this. But unfortunately, it's like I said last week, you know, people will take things like this and use it to their advantage, whether to uh, push their political agenda. It's not just the Democrat Party. Like you said, Joe, it's both sides. So this has got to stop. Yeah, it's shameful. You know, again, yeah. their job is to work for us. And, you know, I always try to be fair here, Mike. You know, it's easy to point fingers at one side or the other, but both parties' constituents are suffering and need help. And, you know, I, I understand where the GOP is coming from in that, you know, maybe the $600 extra week, maybe it's an incentive not to work. But I think as mm. long as you're in phase yeah. one of the quarantine, I think you have to say, well— that's probably necessary. I think when you get into the phase two, yeah. whatever that might be, then let, let's talk about, all right, maybe we need to cut back the benefits. Right. I think that's an easy compromise to come to. I also understand that the Republicans desire to um, put in restrictions as far as lawsuits that will come of COVID-19. There's already people uh, filing lawsuits, and, and the idea that you're going to put protections in, I think that's a smart move by the Republicans. It's a pro-business move, but again, as we're getting through this and then in the recovery, it, it, this could be painful for a lot of companies and a lot of people. And, and again, it's both parties. It's it's the constituents right. of both parties. So Absolutely. do the right thing for everybody. It, it, this should be an easy thing to do. It's just money. Exactly. You know, Especially when we haven't money. seen this much issue or this much uproar in any other country who is also dealing with this pandemic. Because I feel like a lot of the times we forget that this is also worldwide and we're not the mm -hmm. only people that are dealing with this and we're not the only people that are losing jobs. It's just kind of confusing as to why some governments can figure it out, but ours cannot when we have so much of like the resources it's just that's what's disheartening is what we choose to spend it on and what we choose to pay attention to i don't know if any of you guys saw it but like trump right now is trying to take down tiktok in the united states and that's kind of just like a social media app and it's just like mind-blowing to me that that is one of the things that he personally is focusing on when there are so many other bigger issues going on in the world because personally i don't really think that the aid that they're giving people is enough. And that's not everybody, because I know plenty of kids that are in college that are receiving $600 a week or way more than they would be making when they were working a regular job. But families in that, in that kind of situation, I really don't think that they're receiving as much aid as they should be. And that kind of brings us back to the conversation of people are still having to choose between insulin or groceries or other health problems or groceries. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I could see your point about the TikTok thing. Uh, I mean, maybe that's something that could be looked at later on, but uh, I think there are more important things to be concerned about at this point. I got to say sure. this, though. Someone who's a conservative, I got I to gotta give kudos to uh, Connecticut and how they handled this thing. 
Uh, and we've done very well here. And, he, and I'm not a big fan of Ned Lamont, but I got to admit he, he's done a good job thus far in handling the, the coronavirus. So I'll give him uh, I'll give him credit for that. I like that, Mike. I'm not a big fan of Ned Lamont either. I didn't vote for him. I actually voted for Oz Griebel, who passed away this week, right. the independent candidate. R.I.P. to him. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, our sympathies go out to his family and friends. Uh, but, yeah, look, Ned Lamont's done a good job, and I think it's great that these governors in the Northeast have been kind of binding together, working out plans. You're starting to see that all over the country where states are kind of grouping together, uh, and it's going to work best that way. You know, we're, we're the United States of America, and, uh, you know, the idea that, that, that uh, it, things are different in every part of the country, well, that's certainly true. But there's certainly a lot of similarities in regions. I think it's smart that the governors are, are you know, grouping up. And, and look, this thing with TikTok, this obviously stems from Trump being upset about the rally. This is just like Trump's stupid yeah. thing of the week. It's unnecessary, Mike. You know it is. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and bash him for it because, look, you know, that was a messed up thing that happened with TikTok. He's clearly harboring some anger. It's the same like reason it. he goes after the NFL. It's the same reason he goes after anybody who's burned him in the past. He's a petty guy. We know he's petty. You're going to have to expect it. But... Again, and I've been saying this from the beginning, Mike, I want him to successfully get us through this pandemic. I don't want to see people die. I don't want to see us fall into a giant recession. I'd rather people vote him out because he's a jerk and not because there's like 10 million people dead. So I, I'm rooting right. for him still. I continue to do that. Anytime they do the right thing, kudos from me every single time. But the the petty stuff that's what the media is going to jump on as they usually do these are stupid distractions you know to to get away from the fact that you know this thing is still raging out of control 67,000 new cases in the US just yesterday there's countries that don't have 67,000 cases period so we're still not doing well we're still not doing it right i'd like to actually share if i could right now um this ridiculous video of Dr. Fauci's testimony uh, when he was talking to Jim Jordan. I knew you were going to show this. <laughs> I, Mike, I have That's... to. Here's the thing. Jim Jordan seems at times like he lives on a different planet. Well, you're going to be surprised at my reaction to this. So I'll, I'll tell, I'll, you're going to be surprised, Joe. All right, cool. There are a world where the Constitution says you can favor one First Amendment liberty protesting right. over another practicing your faith. I'm not favoring anybody over anybody. I'm just making a statement that's a broad statement that avoid crowds of any type, no matter where you are, because that leads to the acquisition and transmission. And I don't judge one crowd versus another crowd. When you're in a crowd, particularly if you're not wearing a mask, that induces it's a, it's the spread. A simple, it's a simple question, doctor. Should we limit the protest? Government is obviously yeah. lim- limiting people yeah. going to church. And, and look... I'm there's not been gonna, no there's been no violence that I, I yeah. can see at church. I haven't seen people yeah. during a church service go out and, and harm police officers right. or burn buildings. But we know that. I mean, for 63 days, right. nine weeks, it's been happening in Portland. Right. Yeah. Well, one night in Chicago, 49 officers were injured. But no limit to no limit to protest. But, boy, you can't go to church on Sunday. I don't know how many times I can answer that. I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm just going to tell you. You've opined a on a lot of things, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, but I've never this said This is something that directly anything. impacts the spread of the virus, yeah. and I'm asking your, your, your position on the protest. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm telling you what it is, the danger. And you can make your own conclusion about that. 
You should stay away from crowds, no matter where the crowds government has stopped, are. Government has uh, stopped people from going to work. In fact, just in New Jersey four days ago, Ian Smith, Frank Trombetta were arrested for opening up, for trying to operate their business, their gym. They were arrested. But I, my, my bet is if these two individuals own this gym were outside just in front of their gym and all the people who were working out in their gym were outside protesting, they'd been just fine. But because they were in the gym working out, actually running their business, they got arrested. You think that's okay? You know, I'm not going to opine on who gets arrested and who does not. I mean, I, I, you get where I'm going. I'm telling you, as a public health official, I say crowds. Do you see the inconsistency, though, Dr. Fauci? There's no inconsistency, Congressman. There's what? No There's no So you're allowed to protest millions of people on one day in crowds yelling, screaming, but you try to run your business, you get arrested? And if you stood right outside of that same business and protested, you wouldn't get arrested? Or you don't see an inconsistency there? I don't understand what you're asking me as a public health official to opine on who should get arrested or not. That's that just goes on and on and on. Um, you know, he, here's the thing. Like, Dr. Fauci probably couldn't be any clearer on this. Nobody right, should be in crowds. That's exactly and right. Nobody well, should be in crowds. Nobody should be in crowds. And again, this, this idea— And the fact that he just kept bringing it up. Right. This idea that, that there's two sets of rules, that, that conservatives are held to one standard and liberals are, are, are set to another as someone who doesn't identify as both, I don't see it. I, I find the whole thing to be kind of ludicrous at this point. Well, so, I, I, um, I like Jim Jordan. i got to say that first. I like the guy. But in this case— uh, I can understand where he was coming from. Okay, you protest for this reason and uh, everything's okay, but if you protest for that reason, you're going to get coronavirus. I understand where he's coming from. But in this case here, Fauci did answer his question. He, he was very specifically clear about being in crowds of any type, anywhere. And he was answering the question as a medical expert, not as a political yeah. analyst. And that was yeah. the thing about Jim Jordan I wasn't crazy about in this instance, that he was trying to get Fauci to be a political commentator and say, well, the politics of this and the politics of that, you know, this crowd here and that crowd there, it's all about do crowds uh, increase the number of coronavirus cases? And Fauci was pretty clear about that, you know, without wearing masks and things like that. He was pretty clear and said, yeah. But it doesn't matter which crowd you're in, any crowd. So I like Jim Jordan was looking yeah. for Fauci to condemn the exactly, protest. Exactly. Which is right. Again. Right. That's what I think it was. And like I said, I like the guy, but in this case, I have to disagree with him and how he approached it. So. Right. And I feel like it's people like Jim Jordan that are really the problem in this instance because he's trying to pull us apart. When I feel like the people that really care about this virus and what's going on and people dying and people who really just want to stop it, just want to stop it. We don't care about all of the in-between or why people were in the crowds or why people are doing what they're doing, but pulling something like a religious agenda, like saying people that can't go to church, but they're going to be out protesting or bringing people, hurting police officers or anything like that into the equation, like that has anything to do with the spread of the coronavirus or wearing a mask. It absolutely does not. And it's just pulling people further and further apart because it's it's not like that. The coronavirus, when did this turn into a political issue? It's not, It's this isn't about politics. Politics. This is about science, and this is about facts, and this is about people getting better. 
right, Michael, Fauci was very clear. And I agree with you on, on yeah. Michael Vincent's comment right here. Exactly. He was clear. Like I said, I like Jim Jordan, but I think he went a little bit overboard here trying to make this like a one side versus the other side and make it kind of political. And like I said, it happens on both sides, not just Democrats. And you Republicans know the, are doing that, too. So, yeah, sure. Listen, and Mike, when the president wore a mask the other day, uh, you'll recall how uh, much fanfare I, I gave him for doing right. so. I think exactly. that's great. I think mm -hmm. that when you have people like Jim Jordan still playing a fool and still trying to convince Americans that, um, you know, maybe you should listen to a strip mall doctor in Houston. I, I think that's where you start to run into trouble. I think that's where videos start getting blocked for content because it's misinformation. And I understand people get pissed because they're being censored, but when you're censoring horseshit, nobody wants yeah. to hear it and nobody wants to read it. And so it gets blocked. That's how it goes. True. Right. I guess that's, I guess you could say that's true. If it is especially false information, yeah, it is going to get censored. So, but, but again, in this case, uh, I'd have to say kudos to Fauci for answering the question. You know, I'm not the biggest Fauci fan, as you guys know, but he did answer it very But you're not a Fauci fan because these idiots keep trying to convince you, oh, he's wrong. He's been wrong so many times. No, he's I, a scientist. Scientists exactly. aren't like wrong. See, look, I scientists, like more... Listen, scientists take in new data yeah. and they reanalyze. And so if the evidence of today doesn't support what I thought yesterday, well, I'm wrong. Here's what I think today. That's how right. science works. Exactly. Here's, well, how, no, I agree. here's I agree. how politics works. I thought this yesterday. I saw compelling evidence today, and I'm going to double down and argue harder on it today. It's ignorant, and there's no reason I for it. Agree. You're anti-Dr. Fauci because the people on the right that's want my, you to be, and I think that's ridiculous. I said I'm not a big fan of his, but I'm not anti-Fauci. I agreed with him in this point here because he was right. He was right in saying what he said. Jordan was wrong, period. He was wrong in coming. But shame on them for even discrediting the leading. This is the number one guy with infectious diseases right. in this country. This is the guy that like got AIDS and HIV under control. So let, let's They're just trust this guy. Let's stop acting like oh well, we should listen to like a doctor in a strip mall in Houston who thinks that, you know, uh, your problems are, are demon sex. I mean, give yeah. me a break. Let's all get on the same page yeah, as Americans. That. Let's come to that. crap. And, and let, let's seriously, we all, need to, we all need to start working with the same information and data. Right. And right now, there is a strong refusal on the right to accept mainstream information as fact. And that's a huge problem going forward. Because everything is made about politics. Everything is either left or right. And it's like, at this point, wearing a mask has become a political movement. It's like, if I'm not, I'm not wearing a mask, so people know what's my gag. You know what I mean? People know what I'm about. At this point, to most people, and this is exactly what it seems like, is that wearing a mask and social distancing and all that kind of stuff, it's not about getting rid of the virus anymore. It's about the left and the right, and that is exactly the problem. It's not just about getting rid of this pandemic anymore. And this completely shows it. Mm. And kind of on the same leaf, like July uh, has been the highest point in cases that we have seen so far. And right now we're still talking about sending kids back to school. And there's also a huge thing about online school. Some parents want to hire tutors and start like mini classes. We had this discussion last week. I'm pretty sure 
thou sh who shall not be named brought it up even how we how we could potentially have smaller classes and stuff like that but a lot of people cannot afford to do that and parents and students are struggling to decide whether to send children back to school because finances are unfortunately their deciding factor in who goes back and who doesn't and that is just so amazing to me that that is so many families deciding factor of who goes back when we just saw the all-time high in coronavirus cases in this country I'd like to just before we jump onto the schools, which is obviously something we really need to tackle, take a look at the numbers. 4.71 confirmed cases in the United States, 4.71 million, 2.3 recovered, 157,000 deaths. And I know people like to point to the 2.3 million recovered. Um, think about the 2.5 that aren't, right. that haven't recovered, and try to understand it, try to wrap your mind around what that means. That 2.5 million people in this country have COVID uh, and haven't quite shaken the effects of it. You know, Mike, you're right. a Yankees fan. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you've been following along, but the Boston Red Sox, uh, who, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez was, was supposed to be their number one pitcher, got COVID, uh, and he's now developed this heart condition that 10 to 20% of uh, patients uh, get from, from contracting uh, COVID, and now he's out for the season. And I got a buddy, and I've mentioned this on the show before, who had COVID, who sees his doctor regularly for a lung condition that the doctor at this point doesn't know whether or not this is a permanent thing or whether this is because we don't know because it's too new. You know, when right. that pandemic thing came out, Mike, and we talked about it, and I was like, you know, you could say Dr. Fauci's wrong, but you can't, you can't know the right answer. Nobody does. Nobody knows anything about this virus or how it acts or how right. it reacts or how it mutates. The person right. that's got the best information on this is Dr. Dr. Fauci. Right. Okay. If Dr. Right. Fauci says send your kids back in the fall, I would send my kids back in the fall. You know, yeah. I, I, I yeah. would do that. I'm certainly concerned about it. I think, you know, all really valid points. You know, I'm fortunate that, you know, to be a person, uh, uh, you know, who, who can afford some things, uh, my, my kids won't go without. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, right. But clearly across the country, we know, Victoria, this disproportionately will affect minorities and the poor in general, um, where, where parents may have to take a chance on sending their kids back. Indiana just opened up their schools yesterday and then immediately quarantined the next day. I know, so, that's so crazy. Not it's a good sign. A, not a good idea, and it's not a good sign. And it's just so disheartening that people have to choose between financial struggles and sending their kids back. We talked about this last week as well. So many students, their only meal comes from school. And this is um, a quote from the CDC. They said, kids who are disproportionately low income are the highest risk for learning losses. Um, a, professor, a professor at the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy, when these gaps in learning open up absent, some really, they, some kids sustain serious, like, learning issues and stuff like that, along with the not being able to eat and along with potential trauma and mental health issues that could happen by being in an abusive household or something like that. So now they're also saying that kids are, could be potentially set back from all their other students, and that could be detrimental to a kid's mental health as well. So I don't know. I honestly really don't know how I feel about this stance anymore because I just feel like we really need to do something. 
so that everybody has the option to be able to be homeschooled because things are really not looking up for the cases, especially, well, I mean, except for the cases, let's be real. Those are the only things that are going up. Let me ask you guys this question. Do you think this could, especially for those in these poor communities that can't afford to hire tutors, like you mentioned, Victoria, do you think it's possible that you would be able to maybe support the idea of school vouchers that were brought up in the past but was voted down on because, uh, well, we we don't want to have these people in these cities having, you know, options to private schools? I mean, a lot of the unions were against that back back in the day. But I'm Mm -hmm. just saying now with this situation that we're in, do you think school vouchers would be a good idea? Oh, yeah, 100%. I really do. I think that, that we should be able to open that up to, like, all communities. And I don't even think that it's people necessarily in certain groups that are struggling. I know that if I was still in school, my family would not be able to afford to hire a tutor for me or send me to homeschool. And that's exactly, like, that's, I know that that is one of my, the reasons why my sister wants to go back. My sister's starting high school this year, and she doesn't want to miss out on a lot of important things and stuff like that, just because most of her friends are going back, and we are in Connecticut, and things are a little bit different here but in other states and stuff like that even if you're not necessarily financially struggling a tutor and to be able to afford to keep your kid home all year round 24 7 that is a lot just for even people that aren't yeah. struggling exactly no I, I i see your point there victoria uh i, I can say this from personal experience um it really does affect kids in a negative way as far as not having the camaraderie with other, you know, friends or other students in the schools because my, my son went through that. My son graduated high school this past year. Uh, they He was supposed to be in, the, you know, the senior school play. They do this every year, Wilkett High School. Yeah. And he was looking forward to that. I mean, he had several rehearsals before this pandemic started. He was working so hard. The kids all worked so hard, and they had to cancel that. And then he got uh, gypped out of his senior prom. And so it affected him in a negative way. He he stopped really caring about doing his schoolwork, which we encouraged him not to do that. He yeah. did pick up his grades before the end of the year. But he felt so kind of downtrodden because he felt like, you know, I, I don't have, you know, I don't have any chance to experience a school life like I should. Uh, as his brother did, you know, when he graduated high school back in 2014, I mean, he was able to go to his prom. He had a graduation ceremony there at, at the school. And, and But it turned out for him, he felt kind of downtrodden about that. And I kind of felt, I really felt bad for him. I, and I basically understood how he felt because, uh, well, sort of understood how he felt. I mean, I never went through this myself either. But he, he it affected him that way. And it kind of, it made, made me concerned about how other kids feel that way too. I mean, not having the, the, you know, hanging out with your friends and, you know, going to school and seeing your friends and having that kind of camaraderie, you know. Yeah. I'm on. Uh... I'm, I, I got to say, the, as far as the vouchers are concerned, um, I think anything that uh, Betsy DeVos is behind and benefiting from probably isn't in the best, uh, uh, isn't best for me or my family, I would just guess. I think that's a tough rabbit hole to go down. I understand maybe even just doing it for the, for the time being, Mike, mm-hmm. um, just to give people some options. But... I, if that were to happen, I think it would very, very clearly need to be stated that going forward that that absolutely will not and cannot apply, um, not down for the charter schools at all. But again, I think as a short term fix, Mike, I'd be down for anything at this point. You want to get the yeah. kids back in school or at the very right. least keep the education flowing. Um, Mike just brought up a good point uh, in the comments. There's no reason why. Uh, these schools can't do social distance learning. 
as I recall, at the end of the school year, man, we seem to have that thing pretty down pat. I'm not sure why we don't just resume it. And again, I think we should just, I mean, I I love sports. You guys know how much I love sports. I think that's Mm -hmm. a horrible idea. I think that needs to be shut down. You know, and and, and every day we're seeing another instance where, you know, there's another case, there's more problems, games are getting canceled. This is what the rest of 2020 is going to be. Oh, yeah. And I think people need to come to the realization that, like, you know, I think you need to start making your your next concrete plans for the beginning of 2021. Let's hope there's a vaccine sometime between November and December. Um, I would be willing to take it, (laughs) you know. Um, I know there, that there's trials and they're really speeding this thing up. And again, kudos to the Trump administration for taking it seriously, rushing the process, putting a lot of money, you know, where, where their mouth isn't on this and, and, and actually getting America's back. But before we start rushing these kids back in, you know, take a second. There's got to be a plan gotta know what's going on there's got to be a backup plan too which is funny because that's something major league baseball didn't have was a backup plan and i certainly think didn't expect in their opening weekend that they would already be dealing with so many issues and so much rescheduling and that's what you're looking at again i mentioned the indiana school open one day immediate close the next day right Uh, and i can completely see that happening around here for sure because as soon as, honestly, as soon as we open the states up and as soon as we kind of, I think we went into what, phase two, everything, all, right. everything got so much worse. And I know that we didn't really shut down over here in Connecticut, but everything else is re-shut down. People are partying, people are not social distancing, people are not wearing masks, and people just don't really care. So that's why we have to go back into phase one. It's crazy. And I'm so thankful that we don't have to do that around here. Not yeah, now. like I said, they did a good job in Connecticut. I have to give them, like I said, give them credit where credit's due. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, thank you to uh, Rob from the I'll Piss You Off Shortly podcast who weighed in about why is Americans, why Americans are so afraid of change. It, it, it's, you know, look, if tomorrow's not like it was today, you're going to be okay. You know, yeah. again, this, yeah. this whole thing, this whole uh, fight where, where we're back to basically the 1960s, we're right back to the civil rights movement. And it's black people, it's women still, it's gays, it's transgenders, it's the whole LGBT community. Um, I I don't understand why, uh, you know, and I I do the show with Rob, uh, he talks about white fear and and why white America seems so afraid of doing things a little different or not falling so hard on tradition. You know, I'm a person who lives for the day. I don't care what happened last week. I don't think about, you know, people I no longer talk to. I just move on. That's just the way I've always been. Um, You know, again, I think as a a society, I think we have to take a real hard look and be like, how can we make America the best America for everybody? And that's what everybody, no matter what, what your political beliefs are or your religion or lack thereof is, everything we should be doing should be with the idea that is does this make america better for everybody right i think if we were to put our efforts into that man i i i think things would certainly get better it's not a competition it shouldn't be right versus left it shouldn't be white men versus everybody else that's not what it is mike it's a seat at the table that's all people are asking for and there seems to be such a reluctance again look at you know what happened to uh uh, Alexandria Cortez, uh, 
whatever her name is, AOC. I love her AOC. to death. Sorry, yeah, rolling okay. right over it. But that really <laughs> upset me as a father to hear, you know, a grown man speak like that. How dare yeah. you? Have some friggin' respect, not just because mm-hmm. she's a congresswoman, but because she's a congresswoman, right. but also because she's a woman, because that's somebody's daughter. We need to be better. We just need yeah. to be better. And this kind of nonsense, as long as it's allowed to happen, where, where, where is it getting better? All I'm seeing in a lot of the right-wing media these days, especially that far-right nonsense, is talk of civil war. I mean, there's a there's a, a real anger and hostility brewing deep on the right, and it's scary. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it I've heard scary. that. I've heard that. I've heard that before. We're on the brink of a civil war. We've been hearing that uh, even through all of uh, Obama's administration. Oh, we're on the brink of a civil war, and it never happened. Uh, we got through. We got through the eight years fine. And uh, like you said, Joe, we're going to get through this. You know we're going to be okay, but change is uh, change is going to happen whether you like it or not. Right. Uh, so, uh, like I said in the previous show, uh, I don't think we're going to be the same after this. I don't think America is going to be the same after this. And we want to we we do want to have a better life. We do want to have peace. We do want to have liberty. And we're all for that. And like you said, Joe, yeah, seat at the table. I'm all for that too. I'm not for disharmony or any kind of disharmony whatsoever. Everybody wants the same thing. Maybe maybe people have a different way of wanting to go about getting it, but everybody wants the same thing, which is to live in peace. I mean, I'm all for that, you know? You know what I would say, too? Listen, um, you know— Tea's boiling. Yeah, there's definitely tea boiling, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, I hope somebody pulls that off the tea kettle shortly, but— uh, yeah, look, Mike, that's a great sentiment. I mean, right at the end of the day, we are all Americans. We all right. want what's best for us. It, th- this doesn't need to be as heated as as, an, as it is right now. And again, I feel like when you look at what happens with media, both right and left, you know, they're both certainly they know who they're talking to. And they only tend to rile up their bases with the information that they put yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was going to say about Trump when you talked earlier about the TikTok thing. I said, well, you know, Trump comes out and says, I'm going to ban TikTok or I'm going to I'm going to delay the election or things like that. I mean, he, you know, you know, he can't ban the, or uh, delay the election. He cannot do that. But the yeah. base gets energized and says, yeah, you know, we're going to ban the or ban TikTok and get rid of the Chinese uh, app here and we're going to delay the election. Yeah. Uh, he can't really do that. It would have to take an act of Congress. People have to realize that. But I think he's doing it to pander to his base, which both sides do. It's not just Trump. It's both sides. They do the same thing. So Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. People vote based off of, I don't want to say they vote based, like, not off of politics, but they take their vote and they base it off of social issues rather than Mm. the actual like issues in Congress and that other kind of stuff at hand. And I feel like if we came together on those kind of issues and started paying attention more to that, we would have a lot more unity in this country. And also if we just stop being so horrible to each other, because I know that there is no way to focus on that if we don't get past certain social issues. But if we stop making things a matter of politics and just like, okay, Am I a horrible person? Am I good? I feel like that's how we would honestly get past so many walls. 
Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, again, look, what, the whole point of this show is to get different perspectives and different points of view and to try to understand them and to find where the common ground is. And, and, and Mike, I think there's always common ground to be found. I and think sure as long is. as you're, you know, again, as long as you can look at the big picture of, hey, we, we all want the same things. We all want this stupid pandemic to be over. Absolutely. We all don't want to oh, see yeah. our favorite small businesses go under. Right. We also want to send the kids back to school mm -hmm. really badly. Everybody does. <laughs> we want to do it safely. I mean, this is all very reasonable stuff. You right, know, so we don't have to do this again. Agreed. I Agreed. won't send your kids back to a bad spot if you don't send mine. I mean, we're again, it, it, no one, no one's getting a better deal in this country. That's not what anybody's asking for. That's not what anybody's expecting. And if they are, they shouldn't because they're not going to. You know, yeah. I'd like to see the protest kind of start to wind down a little bit. I think I, I think that uh, the government should have a better response and continue to put more legislation in to address the concerns that people have so that we can cut that crap, too. I think it would be nice. I think it would make people feel a whole lot better in the middle of a pandemic if cities weren't burning to the ground. Yeah, that's the yeah. last thing you need during a pandemic, during a crisis like this, is to have violence in the streets. We don't need that. From both sides. I kind of want to talk about, I don't know if you have the video, Joe, but this video of um, the lady and with the scissors in the hotel office and she got shot. So, um, yeah, I don't know if we want to wait to pull that up, but this is a whole lot. And I feel like if we're going to talk about all the protests and all of the stuff that has been happening, I feel like we need to talk about it all because police brutality in general it does not matter who, what side it's coming from is awful and it's horrible. And I just, we, we can't fight for one side and not the other. Like, let's be real. And I don't know. That's why I just really want to talk about this. Mike, have you seen, do you know what I'm talking about? I actually heard about it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so I'm sure we're going to see it now if Joe has the video. You got a white female here. You had college? You had college? Hey, if you come over here, I will kill you. Drop the scissors. Drop the scissors. Man, put those scissors down. Put those scissors down. Put those scissors down. Hey, put those scissors down. Put those scissors down. Put those Hey, if you come over here, I will kill you. Drop the scissors. Drop the scissors. Shots fired. Shots fired. I'm stunned she held on to the scissors. Exactly. But I don't I think mean, that she thought that it was really going to happen. I really thought that she, I think that well, she thought that she was safe. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to go approach cops with a weapon, any kind of weapon and say, go yeah. ahead, you know, F and shoot me. And they tell you to put it down several times. And she still insisted on going towards the cops. I mean, what did she expect to have happen? I mean, it is a sad thing to see, but she could have dropped the scissors and complied and she'd still be alive today. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing was shocking. Listen, um, I, I would say this, man, um, and, and I've said this before, you know, there's a lot of these cases that we've been talking about over the past few weeks 
cases that come up. Um, there, there's some pretty obvious ones. Sandra Bland, Breonna uh, Taylor, um, Eric Garner. I mean, clear-cut cases of police brutality. And then sometimes I hear names come up like Trayvon Martin uh, or, uh, you know, the, the situation in Ferguson with Michael Richard Brown. Brooks. and Yeah, you know, look, some of but unfortunately, look, there's some of these cases where, you know, look, if you're going after a cop and he shoots you, I hate to say you had it coming, but in some cases you do. It's in the cases where people are minding their business. Philando Castile, I have a gun on me just so, you know, boom, 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 shot. No, yeah. no good. But there, there's some of these cases. And, and again, I, I think it's unfortunate because it allows people to really uh, try to pull the whole movement together, uh, together based off of yeah. the details of one case. You know, mm -hmm. we, we now know that whole um, the, the, uh, hands up, don't shoot from Michael Brown wasn't true. That, that, that's actually not what happened. And, and it's kind of ironic that that's actually a slogan that NBA players have used in protest, that you see you see signs and stuff um, in, in, in protest, the hands up, don't shoot. And it certainly happened before. Yeah. But not in right. the case of Michael Brown, it didn't happen. So I, I think when, when we start talking about these cases and the ones that we're spotlighting and, and really talking about, make sure that the person didn't do something that caused their own death. This is a right. great example of, look, if you go after a cop with a weapon and he shoots you, I don't care what your race, religion, or sex is. If you go at a cop, then he should shoot you and kill you. But if you're running away from the cop unarmed and he shoots you, that's a completely different story. And, right. you know, again, there's a mighty fine line between those two things. And I think we really we, we need to we need to recognize that. I mean, there was a right. case. I don't know if you guys remember. I don't know when this happened about the guy that was in the uh, Las Vegas hotel. Uh, he was drunk and the cops were called and they made this guy come out, uh, you know, have him like crawling on his knees on the in the hotel lobby. Uh, I don't know if you, there's a video out there. I forgot the guy's name, but uh, he 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 was unarmed and he kept pleading for his life. And the cop says, "You you know, you fall you fall on your face. You better keep your hands up. Don't don't you dare break your fall. You better keep your hands out where I can see them and all that." And eventually, the, he ended up getting shot and killed. Uh, I mean, that was a clear cut case of police brutality and abuse. Yeah. And I think that cop might have gotten charged with murder. I'm not sure what the outcome was. I'd have to look that up. But there is a video on that. I don't know if you've, you guys have heard of that case or saw that. No, I don't. I don't know that one offhand. I haven't heard um, that one. Look, yeah. I, I also want to be very clear. I have a lot of friends who are police officers, and I don't know any of my friends that are police officers that are bad guys or are bad police right. officers. And I have a lot of respect for law enforcement. I think the job that they do is amazing, and I think right. they're very brave for what they do day in and day out. And look, you guys know, in, in any group, you get enough people, you're going to get some bad eggs. There does right, to be. Yes. There does need to be retraining. It just seems like think, a lot of the eggs. I think there's certainly yeah. look. Based <laughs> on all the statistics, it's clear that police officers, and even in case, some cases, black police officers, still view black people differently than white people. They see a black person and think, mm -hmm. "I wonder what they just did," and that's right. wrong. And we we need we need police officers to shake that idea. You know, that's what the whole white privilege is, you know, as far as uh, you sort of get the benefit of the doubt. They don't ask you where you're, where you're headed you know, or if you're – do you have a job? I've never been asked that in a police stop in my entire life. Yeah, no. So the way we're treating people needs to be better. 
And I think I right. think most police really do understand that there needs to be a difference. And I, and I think this is where, you know, the Democrats should, or liberals at least should be able to appreciate this a little bit. You're talking about police unions. And when you're in a union, you know, look, it's easy to say, well, they should condemn the bad ones. It's not how unions work, and everybody knows that. So, you know, you sort of put yourself really ideologically uh, on, on both sides where it's like, that eh, kind of makes sense. But mm -hmm. I definitely think there needs to be a retraining. I understand the idea of defunding the police, which doesn't mean that you're not going to have police or that you're going to completely bankrupt them, because right. that would be stupid. And nobody, literally nobody wants that at all. And again, if anybody does, they don't speak for me. But that's, that's what stupid. Trump thinks that we want. And that's the message that he keeps saying. He keeps saying it in interviews that that's what we want, that that's what Joe Biden wants, that that's what everybody wants is no police or no police. I was about to say reform for the police. It kind of just blended together. I don't know. I just feel like there was so many ways even in this case, where this could have been handled differently. I'm just saying, somebody coming at you with a pair of scissors, I don't understand why he couldn't have just tased her. I understand that the things that she was saying was awful, awful. And I'll tell you, if I was in that man's position, I would have done the same exact thing. But that is exactly why we need better police training, because you're going to tell me that this guy couldn't have taken down this lady with the scissors without shooting her? And I know that he said, I will shoot, but I just feel like there are so many other ways to handle this kind of behavior and other things. And I don't I just, that's why I wanted to talk about it, because I feel like we really have to talk about it from both sides, or else it does kind of get grouped into one big movement. You know well, what those I mean? Are, those are questions, Wait, guys, right, that, that you haven't, I'm sorry, Don, do you want to I, look, I don't, I don't know that it's fair to ask a police officer who's being charged with a dangerous weapon, scissor or not, I mean, man, all she has to do is slip that scissor into his eye and yeah. he's blind. Like, no, like I was saying, the question you, that, can't, that, you can't rush a police officer with a weapon and expect to live. I don't care who the police officer is and I don't care who the person on the other side of his revolver is. If you charge at a police officer, they're trained to do this and I support right. 100%. You gotta shoot the person. Again, <laughs> if they're running away from you, no. That's well, not I mean, how it works. I totally agree, Joe. But like I said, what Victoria said, that raises the question: like, uh, why couldn't he have to use the taser? Why couldn't he have done that? And maybe because he, he he he, she maybe, was far away from it when you know what I'm saying. Maybe she could have been stopped that way. I mean, those are questions that people will ask. But I agree with you, Joe. If someone's coming at a cop with a deadly weapon, even scissors or whatever, I mean, he's going to do what he was trained to do, and that's going to be take her down and stop her that way. I don't like to see people killed period. I don't like to see people die if it could be yeah. prevented, period. But, again, I yeah, think if exactly. you're a police officer, I think it's unreasonable to ask. I mean, he had his gun out, and he was calling for backup, not expecting yeah. her to charge. Maybe that's his bad for not pulling the taser out in the first place, but I think he thought the threat of the gun would be enough. This insane person, sure. this insane, raging, racist Karen, went running at him with scissors. You're right. You're not it's, it, I mean, look, it's unfortunate. And I know, look, the police, I don't believe that the police enjoy killing people. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think any police officer, even some of the bad ones that we've talked about on, on shows over the, I don't think anybody feels good about murdering a person. 
Maybe right. in the moment, maybe you think yeah. it was there. I mean, it's not a good thing to, to, to deal with. It doesn't feel good in the aftermath. I don't envy these guys. You know, I understand the, the back to blue people. I understand police wives and how angry that they are. You have to. You, you look, uh, to me, at the very least, you have to be empathetic that they feel like their husbands and wives are going to work every single day and that they're the most hated people in America. It, it right. shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be the police no, versus the citizens. Definitely. It should not be that way. Bitch, and it's happening more and more. Right. And unfortunately, Mike, for you guys, it, this is mostly the right-wing media really pushing that narrative that it's either you're on the side of the police or you're on the side of the thugs and, and bad guys. And it's an ugly way to paint stuff. It's what the right's been doing for the last three years. It's irresponsible, and it's only making things worse. No, and it's only going to lead to violence if people keep behaving and talking not, that way. Not just limited to the right-wing media. Both sides do it, Joe. Both sides actually do it. There should be no d division between the police and the communities. There should be mutual trust between the two. But unfortunately, well, it's not be. there. It's not yeah, there, unfortunately. The trust. We don't, yeah. But whose fault is that? That's not mainly the right wing. The it's both. It's both sides. Joe. No, I mean both between sides. the police and the citizens. Who 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 is more at fault right now in that relationship being strained? Apparently it's not the, the citizens. It, yeah, well, there would be apparently that it is the police that uh, are, are more to blame than like the, the uh, communities. <laughs> Again, look, yes, not that, that's, I'm, look, that's not that I'm trying to cast blame, but my point is, you know, when you're the person that's done something wrong, you should be the one to reach out and say sorry. You should be the one to show some contrition. You don't go to a police brutality protest as a police officer and start bashing skulls in. It's the, the irony there is striking that these guys don't see that or that the president's response to police brutality would be to send in federal agents and to go even more hardcore. That's not going to solve the problem. And if anybody agrees that that's the way to solve a problem, then you believe in tyranny and you're not an American. Well, the federal agent, you talk about Portland, the federal agents were there to protect the federal building. That's not not, not to squash, squash police brutality. That's what you're saying or no? No, what, well, what I'm saying is, is he sent in federal agents to basically quell the whole situation, whether it's defending a court building or, I mean, they, they certainly yeah. grabbed people that weren't at the court building. Literally. There's been tons of reports of that, um, and also we, we live in a country where we don't we don't throw people without without Miranda warning uh, Miranda rights into the back of a van off location. We don't do that in this country. Exactly. So if anything, is Mike, if Obama had done that, you you wouldn't you wouldn't you know you wouldn't be excusing it. And this is what I'm talking about. It's not right. You don't have to say you don't have to condemn the whole system. But in this case, that's not right. I'm not I'm not excusing it if Trump did that. If he's sending a federal agents to go after uh, protesters. I wouldn't excuse that at all, whether it's Trump or Obama. It doesn't make a difference who the president is. You know, if something's okay. wrong, if something's wrong, I'll criticize it. I never gave Trump a pass on the show. You know that. <laughs> if Trump does something stupid, I'm going to say he's done it. It's something stupid. Hey, by the way, uh, big props to Tyler Bard, sometimes contributor and host of uh, Baseball with the Bard. He actually just sent me the video that Mike was talking to. So yeah, I know. Run it real quick. <laughs> Another mistake, 
there is a very severe possibility that you're both going to get shot. Do you understand that? Yes. Thank you. Yes. All right. This is, shut up. I'm not here to be tactful or diplomatic with you. You listen, you obey. For one thing, did I tell you to move, young man? Did I tell you to put both your hands, put both your hands on the top of your head and interlace your fingers? Take your feet and cross your left foot over your right foot. Who else is in the room? Nobody. Are you both drunk? No. No. All right. So you're not going to have any problems understanding anything that I tell you, right? Correct. Yes. All right. Can I go to my room? No, you're not going to do anything but come towards us. Okay. Young man, you are not to move. You're to put your eyes down and look down at the carpet. You're to keep your fingers interlaced behind your head. You're to keep your feet crossed. If you move, we're going to consider that a threat, and we are going to deal with it, and you may not survive it. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. Young lady, shut up and listen. All right? You are to keep your feet crossed. Take both of your hands. Put them flat in front of you. You are to push yourself up to a kneeling position. Kneeling position. Now, put both your hands in the air. Okay, crawl towards us. I'm so sorry. Okay. Stop. Okay. Grab the pole. Not sure I see a threat no, here. Pull this Rich. way. There is none. Let me know when you're clear. Clear? No, you're not clear. You have a crystal yet. And that young man, I assume, is a white kid, is that correct? Okay, I need one more yeah. cover up. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, okay. it seems like the cops asking him to do the impossible here. All these okay, movements young man, listen having... to my instructions and do not make a mistake. You are to keep your legs crossed. Do you understand me? You are to put both of your hands, palms down, straight out in front of you. I'm sorry, I don't even, what did, what did they do? Well, apparently he was drunk and, they, and, and the, cops, the cops were called in for that. That's my understanding. That's where it happened. They didn't obviously didn't show it, but 
Tyler, thank you for finding the longest video that didn't show the ending. Much appreciated. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm surprised we don't know that person's name. I, I, I've been saying for, look, I think we know statistically more white people are killed by the police based on the fact that we make up 70-some-odd percent of the population. It would, it would just stand the reason. No, um, but look, that's awful. That should never happen. And and I think maybe if more white people saw that video, maybe this thing would jar their 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 brains a little bit. Right. That's and it's unacceptable. Like, why, do, why do we have so much funding towards the police when this kind of stuff continues to happen? And this is not a new thing and this is not a race specific thing. And that's why this is so important. This is why we are against police brutality as a whole. Yeah, I mean, as much as I support the police and I do, but that was that shooting was totally unjustified uncalled for and making the guy do all those kind of things is basically i think abuse obviously uh he, and the guy and they called the cops on him because they were drunk and maybe just making a little bit of noise that doesn't warrant or justify that man getting killed like that right i think the the standard of police firing their weapons at you needs to be high I mm-hmm. think before a police officer takes your life, there's there's got to be um, some some serious um, consequences that have led up to that. I mean, this right. is absolutely a disgusting travesty. Those police officers, I assume, probably didn't get in trouble and are probably all still gainfully employed, which would be a, an absolute oh, shame. You know, again, I think when you have situations like these, you, you know, something has to be done. Every time there's a shooting like this, there should be some review of these police departments. Get rid of the bad ones. Keep the good ones. Keep training people. I'm a real estate agent. I have to go to school every two years. Every two <laughs> years, I have to go and, and take new classes because, look, the way they do real estate changes every every couple of years. There's constantly new laws and regulations that go in. So right. w- once you've become a police officer, that's not the end of your learning. Just like when you're a doctor. You know, doctors continue to go to conferences uh, all throughout the all throughout their their lives and careers to learn more. I mean, that's what it is. You know, again, this is no criticism to the police, but guys got to do better. You just have to do a better job. The the job you have is a, a near impossible one at times. You're asked to do a lot, and you're asked to be peacemakers in times where most people would just fire and not think twice about it. If there's a high standard there, it's a tough job. They need support, yes, but they also have to start acting right. They have to make amends, and I think that'll go a really, really long way towards solving our problems. I agree. I also really want to quickly talk about there was a new law. I'm not sure if it was put into place yet or if it's just been like proposed um, about how you can now sue a police officer personally if something like this were to happen. You don't have to just go through the system, like through the police station or something like that. And I think that that is an extremely positive thing. But I know that a lot of police officers are really hesitant about this and are considering finding a new career path or retiring or doing something because a lot of police officers are really, really concerned about somebody filing maybe like a false claim against them or something like that. And I just really want to know what you guys think about this, especially with in mind that body cams now are mandated. You have to wear a body cam, or at least they're trying to get body cams on all police officers. And I think that that will 100% decrease the amount of false claims. And obviously, if there is a false claim, they will see that. 
What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, there, there obviously will be false claims out of this because nothing's perfect, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, and, and, and you're right, Victoria, when you say that a lot of police are going to probably be looking for a new line of work. I mean, if I worked for a company where if something went wrong and I was personally liable, uh, not the company, I probably would think about maybe going to a new company or a new career change. I mean, that might be the negative effects of this. I can understand where it may uh, deter police brutality and abuse like we saw in this video. I, you know, because now if this were a law all over the country, let's say, uh, that police officer can be sued. The family of that man could sue the cop. Uh, and I can see in situations like this where that can be warranted. But you, again, it's like, uh, it's like a slippery slope in a sense because it's like, well, okay, uh, am I going to stay a cop now if I'm personally liable? Or if a cop sees uh, maybe something suspicious, will they intervene? You know, will they go and say, well, what's going on here? They, well, we may get into trouble here. We may get sued if something goes wrong. So there's always that little thing in the back of their minds that say, well, maybe I can get into trouble, maybe not. But it, it can go, both arguments can go, you know, can be made in that respect. So it is, it is a tough tough call to make here i'm never a big fan of the slippery slope uh again yeah. if you do your job every day and you haven't been sued for it keep doing that you know well, who's right. lead the exactly. police force you know who wants to lead the police force right now the People bad who cops the cops who know that they're gonna get exposed well, if not now for stuff they've done recently or a few years ago those are the guys that are most upset. Well, that's the same what I mean, people, Joe. The same people who overreact to being called a racist are, the, again, people who I think deep down it's triggering something in them to hear that word. It's the same thing when you're a bad cop. You hear, well, no, oh, the cops are getting treated poorly. Well, I don't think that the good cops see it as it's, oh, well, these it's, it's the liberals' fault. I think good cops are like, well, we need to do a better job. I think bad cops want to quit. Right. And I say all the bad cops, bye. Well, no, that's, that's why I said it could be it could be a deterrent for that. Like uh, it, that's why I mean in the positive sense. I mean uh, you you have a you have a good point there, and it's true. If they if they are bad cops, they will leave because they know they'll get in trouble because uh, they go out there abusing their power I, all the time. So they know they're going to get screwed if they're, if they're personally liable. So yeah, that's that, that's where I think it's a positive. And the other thing, Mike, you and I talked about this the other day in terms of of uh, rape accusations. We were talking, uh, Mike and I were talking about uh, Supreme Court uh, Justice uh, Kavanaugh. Yeah. And, and that whole thing. Look, Ugh. if somebody were to file false charges against you yeah. and you didn't do it, the it's evidence so will easy. bear out. The right? evidence right. bears out. Plain it and simple. If you weren't time. in town that weekend, guess what? You're immediately cleared. Okay? Just like oh. that. So so I, I'm not going to buy into hypotheticals or the slippery slope argument. I think it's a weak argument. You know, people people used to say that with gay marriage. It's a slippery slope. What's mm -hmm. next? People marrying animals? No, we'll stop mm -hmm. it at other humans and we'll call it a day. And right. we've done a great job of that. And also it's very insulting to suggest that that would be the, the, the logical um, next step I to know. make in, along that slippery slope. I think even the idea of saying something that ludicrous was the slippery slope. But yeah. if you didn't do anything wrong, you're going to be fine. If you're Especially a good police officer, yo, absolutely. Look, body. Right. Again, I've got a concern where you're seeing a lot of a lot of police officers at these police brutality events are actually taking their they're turning their cameras off. Right, and it's like, why are they not yeah. being fired for that? And that's exactly why we have this law into place. It's because it's also is going to differentiate who the good cops are from the bad cops. Because let's just face it, not everybody's cut out to be a cop. You know what I mean? So it's like. If that is 
a deterrent for you, then you know what? You probably shouldn't be a cop anyways. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just saying. I agree anyway. with Mike. I think this will be a good deterrent. I think that I think the garbage may start to take itself out here a little 100%. bit. And again, I think yeah. I think that at the end of the day, because again, and I and I I, I want to make this clear to everybody who's watching. Being a police officer is a hard job, and I have all yeah. the respect in the world for what these guys do every single day and what they sacrifice. Again, I know I probably know 30 cops by name, uh, like pretty well, and they're all really decent human beings and good guys. Most of them are heavily involved in their community. Okay, if any of them were ever accused of anything, I would be shocked. But those aren't the guys we're talking about. Just like yeah, when the feminists scared, say, right. just like when the feminists say all men, Mike, and you want to be like, I don't know. If you're one of those guys, you don't have to say it because you just know. You just understand. It's not an attack on you. This is not an attack on the good police officers. I, I, I work with Special Olympics Connecticut and have for many years here in the state. The police community, uh, all of law enforcement, uh, corrections officers, they're so involved in Special Olympics in their community, in, in all sorts of charities. Most of them are good guys. And I think we're, we should all be on the same page with that. Most of them are good guys. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're the root of the problem right now. And I think they're the ones that need to take that first step to patch things up with the American people. It shouldn't be like oppositional. Defund the police isn't get rid of the police. Nobody wants that. Nobody feels that way. We want them to treat us better, especially minorities. We want them to do a better job right. and to be held accountable for their job like any other job would have. You know, qualified immunity is is basically a license to go out there and crack skulls in and kill people. If you're right. if you're out there doing that, you you shouldn't get away with it. And if you're not, you have nothing to fear, and you have the respect of everybody in this country for the job that you're doing. So just do it right. Do it to the best you can. When you when you think about the the best moments you've seen, Mike, in the last sixty three days from protests. Tell me every moment you haven't enjoyed hasn't been a police officer kneeling or hugging a protester. Yeah, I mean, I, I like seeing pictures like that when that it's happens, hard. when there's when, when, when police you know, have that it's kind of... It's an act of contrition. Yeah. That's why we like but it. Most, it feels like they're being just... empathetic, they're understanding, and they're listening. Right. Okay, but, but we we're not going to so make so many instances. As soon as those cameras go off, their batons come out, and so does their pepper spray and everything else. That is the that is the issue. Like I, we're not talking about the police officers that are genuinely like, oh my gosh, like we don't want to hurt you. Like I just want to take care of your, like you know what I mean. Like I'm not talking about those police officers, but there still are so many that go to these police brutality things, pretend to stand with everybody, pretend to march or whatever, and then as soon as the news crew leaves, as soon as the camera get turned off they're back doing what they be doing and there's just so like there's so much proof in so many instances of that happening it's just unbelievable and i just feel like until we can come to a mindset where we kind of all just want to like be at the same level and move up from there until we're there we can't we can't do anything and i just feel like that comes with defunding the police like why do the police have so much power over us almost. And I feel like that's kind of comes along with the, when the police kill you, like, who do you call? You know what I mean? Like, why is there no other department? Why is there no, like, in between? I don't understand. And why do the police have to handle everything? And I just, I, I feel like that's the issue there, you know? Oh, 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, but there, I there are some good points you do make there, Victoria. I always got to give you kudos. So when you oh, do, when you make you. some points. So, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I just feel like we all just need to move forward together. And yeah. I feel like there's not that much understanding there. Everything is so divided. And I obviously, that's why we do this show, because everything is so two-sided. And until we see that we all just want equality, nobody's higher than the other, then I, until we get there, then we're not going to be able to move forward whatsoever. Sure. Nailed it. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Again, we're all Americans. We all love America. The idea that people on the left aren't patriotic or don't love America, again, is an ignorant right-wing talking point. It's got zero merit. You prove it every time something happens in the military where you turn your back on the military or when you do it to the police. So let's stop playing games. We all love America. We all have issues with things we don't like. Get over yourself, get over your politics, put America first, and I think at the end of the day, we'll be living in a better country. Absolutely. Right, for sure. Um, I just don't know, like, what else, like, what do we do from here? I don't know. I think talking. I just think talking more. I just think trying yes. to find common ground and yeah. just trying to, you know, trying to, just trying to come together, I think. Again, I think talking. I think, you know, if, if you've got relatives that, that, you know, believe that all the news is fake, I mean, just keep working sure. on them because it's that. not, you know. Um, there's uh, Mike's rolling his eyes a little bit. You know, look, there's only one set of facts when it comes to the facts. <laughs> and, you know, people could pretend that there's a separate set of alternate facts out there. Right, uh, exactly. It's become a uh, – it was a joke on the left – uh, and the right just turned it into like, oh, well, then we'll just do it. You don't get to do that. Yeah. You don't get to decide what the facts are. If you try to pass bad information on, on uh, social media, it's going to get blocked. It's going to get censored or fact-checked. You can cry about it all you want, but the, at the end of the day, we're just trying to give you the right information so you could not walk around as an ignorant person. That's that's right. just equipping you with knowledge. I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing to do. And then you decide on your own. But if deep down you're hearing these things and they're making you angry or upsetting you, you might want to ask yourself why that is. 100%. Well, with that, this was Divided We Stand News. We're on Facebook. We invite you to like our page, join our conversation, visit us at clovercrestmedia.com, subscribe to us, leave us a review. We only have like 14 reviews. I know more than 14 of you listen to us. Where are our reviews at? We got four stars. Leave me another one. I want five. So for <laughs> Michael Gaudiosi, Joe Aguirre, and me, Victoria Lang, thanks for joining us on Divided We Stand. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs>